2: Hello everyone, welcome in live nationwide and around the world to Ron Sedgwick today. We're not going to fool around on this April Fool's Day weekend. We've got the real thing. Ernie Hudson will be our first guest from Grace and Frankie now in its third season. Of course, he was with Ghostbusters. He's all over the place. Well, Friday was the last episode of all time of Grimm. Silas Mitchell and Bree Turner will be here talking about it. My pal of many, many years, the amazing Kreskin is going to be joining us. Then from a very popular TV show called This Is Us, Chrissy Metz and Justin Hartley, Bernie Williams, four-time World Series champion with the New York Yankees. Will be joining us on the show. CNBC has a new program called "The Deed." Chicago, Sean Callan will be here, and then we're going to talk about a bucket list with Victoria Borton. And that's all coming up this week. No kidding, with Ron Seggi today.
5: All right, water. We've heard about problems in Michigan and other places, and we know about that Harvard study that showed that 33 states have unsafe levels of harmful toxins in their drinking water. And let's be honest, when you travel, sometimes water just tastes plain weird. Haven't you ever gone on a trip and you taste the water and it's like, ew, you're just not used to whatever's in that water? Well, the Alexa Pure pitcher reduces up to 99.9% of 92 contaminants. Things like chlorine and chromium-6, lead, pharmaceutical drugs that get into the water, and more. It tastes so good, the water that goes through this pitcher, we keep it right on the counter because we don't like our water chilled or so just sits there right next to the faucet. We fill it up. It's so simple to use. Go to waterwithangie.com, waterwithangie.com, or call 888-440-8150. You know, after that Harvard study came out that showed that 33 states have unsafe levels of harmful toxins in the drinking water, I wanted to make sure that my family was getting pure drinking water. Alexa Pure Pitcher, check it out, waterwithangie.com or 888-440-8150.
6: For years, Ovation Cell Therapy has been repairing dry, damaged, flat, lifeless hair. I use Ovation and love it. What are you waiting for? The unique breakthrough cell therapy treatment uses amino acids, key nutrients, and vital proteins to nourish the scalp and treat the hair from root to end. You won't find a treatment like Cell Therapy in any other hair care line, and it's guaranteed. Whether you have wavy hair, tight curls, flat hair, damaged hair, Ovation has a cell therapy system just Right for you. Get your healthy hair back. Now is the perfect time at ovationhair.com. It's the perfect time to try ovation cell therapy because Ovation
3: is celebrating its 10 year anniversary and they're offering you 15% off everything. But the party ends this week. Go to ovationhair.com and new customers should select USA News at checkout. That's ovationhair.com.
2: Be quick, 15% off ends this week. Nationwide and around the world, you're listening to Ron Seggie today. Now, if you took all the actors in show business and lined them up, you'd find a lot of great actors. You'd find probably very few with the versatility of our next guest. I mean, whether it's on stage, whether it's on television, whether it's on the big screen, and regardless of the role, he has the ability to become that role. Joining us right now, talking about the season premiere Season 3 of Grace and Frankie on Netflix. Joining us, the multi-talented Ernie Hudson. Hi, Ernie. How you doing, my friend? I'm
7: doing fine, fine. Thank you so much for your kind words. I appreciate that.
2: Well, you know, it's true. Let's go back a little bit, if you will, to Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, your cameo appearance in Ghostbusters 3, and then you look down all the things you've done on TV, Oz, Law & Order, Grey's Anatomy, and the major success that you had You know, as a playwright, a resident playwright, if I may, at Concept East in Detroit and then graduated from Yale School of Drama, a real student of the trade.
7: Yeah, I think that was, um, I realized early on when I first got involved in theater and deciding to want to be an actor, uh, it's really important to lay a solid foundation if going to be around for a long time. I mean, I felt that, uh, and I knew people who got lucky and got a show and uh, the show was very popular, and they got a chance to make some money. But then, when the show was over, they couldn't sustain it. So it was important for me to um, just get the foundation, the basis, so that no matter, how, you know, well, this is my life's work, so that I could stay around for a while.
2: Well, you know, and one other thing too is, a lot of times you talk to actors and actresses, and they say they got it at kind of on a fluke, you know, I mean, they were working at a car wash and all of a sudden Steven Spielberg came through and next thing you know, they're starring in a movie. And then you talk to other actors and actresses that say, well, the only reason I did this role or this style for 900 years was because I was right. pigeonholed into it. You don't have either of those problems. You studied, you got, as you mentioned before, the groundwork laid, and then the ability to change out of all of these characters you play, into that role?
7: Yeah, you know, it's uh, I, I have friends who've had uh, wonderful careers, but um, they um, there were people who saw something in them and designed it seems uh, roles. Roles are written specifically for the way they talk, and um, you know, so they they have a career that was kind of uh, I, I'd say tailor made. Yeah, uh, I didn't have that. Uh, you know, I'm a guy who. I got to go in and I got to convince someone that I can play this role. So if I got to be funny, I got to be funny. If I got to be dramatic, if I got to go, whatever I got to do uh, to make it, it, this part of the story, this character convincing, that's my job. And uh, no, you know, nobody's just coming and saying, okay, we're going to create this, this stuff for you. It, it'd be great, but that hasn't been my experience. And so what I have to do is be prepared to... You know, to not just get the job, but to deliver and not interfere with the story that they're trying to
2: tell. I think of somebody like Raymond Burr, who played Perry Mason for so many years in Ironside. Right. And I just can't picture him doing, like, the Honeymooners. You know what I'm saying? I just just... (laughs) (laughs) That's right, yeah. (laughs)
7: And, you know, he doesn't have to, because I think it's almost like a piano player who plays within a certain range. mm -hmm. He's wonderful, but he can't just play the keyboard. And you see some musicians come in. And they can play, I don't care where it is, I mean, they just got command of the whole, you know, the whole keyboard. And that's, um,
2: That's it's just different. That's you, that's you.
7: Raymond Burr is is amazing, being Raymond
2: Burr. Yeah. Now, let's talk about all the things you're doing simultaneously. Season three, premiering tonight on Netflix of uh, Grace and Frankie. And then you've got the Graves which uh, you're a part of as uh, Nick Nolte's character, President Graves, kind of the Your Man Friday type thing, fixing all the problems. Right. And then into right. a new Chicago-based series, APB, Mondays at 9 o'clock on Fox, playing the role of Ned Conrad. So you are not only versatile in what you do, but you do a lot of things at the same time. How do you keep all those characters straight? Well,
7: the good news is, the uh, you know, it's different shows with different... You know, he's got a different crew and everything, so all of that is, is different. But the characters, uh, on Grace and Frankie, I play this farmer who, uh, who just happens to meet this lady and fall in love with the Lily Tomlin character. And uh, so he's kind of a guy who's just, a, you know, salt of the earth, just down, you know, just a, a good guy. And then on uh, uh, Gray, as you mentioned, I'm this sort of Washington insider uh, fixer trying to just keep things you know, under control. And then on APB, I'm this stressed a bit. Police captain, wow. who's dealing with one of the toughest uh, districts in the country, trying to bring some sort of order. So they're very different people, totally different situations. And, and so it's 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 easy in that sense.
2: Boy, you could be a candlestick maker in the next series, you know. You, you do everything.
7: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to do a candlestick maker, yeah, actually,
2: yeah. Ernie, this show, Grace and Frankie, has really kind of stretched the boundaries, has it not? I mean, uh, you're, you're talking about a show. Yeah. This is not the typical, like, uh, Seinfeld thing, you know what I'm saying?
7: Uh, yeah, no, no, this is, uh, th- it's really, you know, I'm so proud of this show, and I'm so proud to be a part of it, Marta Kaufman, who created Friends. But yeah, this is uh, this is not your typical grandma show, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and it's found an audience with all generations, but this show is really dealing with the honesty of, you know, being at a certain you know stage in life and uh, looking from a certain perspective that we don't see, um, generally speaking, in in film or TV, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's great to uh, because but it's it's very much a part of our lives and part of our society. It's just that it hasn't been really focused on. It's done in a very funny way, but a, a definitely a very revealing and telling way, and. I think, in honest way.
2: Well, it's certainly a clever way to get a point across, and and you've done that. And what a cast. I mean, Ernie Hudson is in it, ladies and gentlemen. Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Sam Waterston. I mean, these are huge names, and that's, I think, adds yeah. so much to the credibility of this.
7: Yeah, I think, uh, and it's great to, to watch. I mean, I, I sit back and I watch uh, Jane and Prepares and Lily and uh, Martin Sheen and uh, Sam and playing characters that they normally wouldn't play. Sam and Martin are two guys who are in love with each other and uh, and and trying to put their lives together and uh, Lily and Jane, former wives of them you know, of theirs and now moving on and what happens when you move on past the point of where you thought you'd be and it's funny and it's interesting and family and kids and all of that, how do you remain active sexually, how do you you know, all of those things that we deal with but nobody talks about, right. we don't get to yeah, And uh, I
2: just find it, and it's very, very funny. Oh, it is, it is. And as you mentioned, the uh, season three premiere tonight on Netflix, of course. I would be remiss, Ernie, if I didn't ask you this. In all of the great work that you have done over the years, and uh, the successful shows on television and on stage and on the big screen that you have done, and I failed to mention you know, a lot of them, are The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, Miss Congeniality 1 and 2, uh, the Crow, Congo. Can you ever go anywhere without somebody, including a schmo like me, asking you about Ghostbusters? I mean, which was huge. It continues to be huge.
7: Yeah, it's, it's funny how it's found a place in our psyche and, you know, our culture. It's, it's, um, it's one of those movies, there are a few, that people really responded to. Kids grew up watching it, and now their kids are watching it. Uh, but, no, if I uh, I'll go out and run. We run about three miles every other day or so, and uh, before it finishes, someone will yell from a car or wherever, uh, hey, who are you going to call, or that's a big Twinkie, or some line from Ghostbusters, and I think it's wonderful to have uh, something that people respond related to, but of course, you know, throughout the day, someone will come up uh, about the hand of the Cradle or, you know, one of the other uh, movies or shows that I'm doing now currently or whatever. And so that's a, that's a nice place. But Ghostbusters is one that people just find 30-plus years later. And they just
2: love it. I'm so glad you said that line, who you're going to call. Now that doesn't have to make right. me ask you to say it. Because <laughs> that was going to be the next bit I was going to do. <laughs> well, Ernie, you are a great guest, a superb talent. Again, Grace and Frankie season premiere tonight on Netflix. And then, of course, Graves, which is a great show on epics and then uh on fox mondays at nine o'clock eight central time apb the talented ernie hudson ernie you got to join us again sometime you're a terrific guest i'd love to anytime let me know i appreciate it and congratulations on your success well deserved thank you our special guest ernie hudson what a talented guy i really mean that i mean he just can change from character to character and it doesn't seem like anything that he gets involved with is nothing less than success. I mean, it's unbelievable. Ernie Hudson. And there's more to come with Ron Sege today.
8: And now, Jonathan Cahn opens up today's mystery from the Book of Mysteries. In the Book of Mysteries, the teacher leads the disciple
3: into an immense desert valley to reveal the secret and mystery of the Midbar. When people go through hard times, times of loss and tragedy and hardship and problems and separations and tears, discouragement, they often speak about going through the wilderness. It's a wilderness period. But in the Bible, the wilderness is a holy place. It was in the wilderness that God revealed His presence. Gave his word, showed his glory. It was in the wilderness that the Bible began. But the wilderness holds an amazing secret. In Hebrew, the wilderness is the midbar. It comes from the word to speak, for the wilderness is the place of God's voice, where he will most clearly speak to you. So go out into the wilderness. Or when you find yourself in the wilderness, draw near to God, because
8: it's your midbar, the place where you will hear the very voice of God. What you just heard comes from the Book of Mysteries. Get it online or wherever books are sold and at MysteriesBook.com. That's MysteriesBook.com.
9: As a mother, you don't want to have to worry about this bill is coming, but then she needs this chemo. That's a decision you shouldn't have to make.
10: It's a huge burden lifted financially, and so it allows you to give singular focus to your child. I've never known a hospital that takes care of their patients so thoroughly That was the first thing I was like, how are we going to do this?
11: When they told us that we didn't have to pay a single bill, I was like, wow. They pretty much have saved us.
12: It's like the world has been lifted off of your shoulders. And now your focus is supporting this child.
9: There is not another hospital like St. Jude. The patient care is unmatchable. It saved my life. It saved my daughter's life it saved our family
13: St. Jude Children's Research Hospital Finding Cures Saving Children Learn
14: more at stjude.org It's pretty amazing when you consider that 7 years ago we didn't have the treatments we have now We cure 80% of children with cancer Go back 50 years we were curing 20-30% to This is the miracle story of modern medicine We understand what makes this cancer tick And of course without donors from around the world this just couldn't happen there's one thing we're focused on, and that's beating this thing. St.
13: Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org.
15: Time is the one thing that we want more of. Without the donors, I wouldn't have my Audrey. They take care of our housing, they take care of our food, in addition to the best medical treatment that my daughter could ever have. So, It allows me to focus on my daughter and getting her better.
13: St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org.
2: Nationwide and around the world, you're listening to Ron Sedgie today. And after six seasons this past Friday, it came to an end. And it seems like, really, and I know this is a cliche, only yesterday that we were talking about this brand new show, and here it is ending. I can't believe it. What do I do now? Joining us right now are two of its stars, the lovely Bree Turner and also Silas Weir Mitchell. Silas, Bree, welcome to the show.
4: Thanks for having us.
2: Hello. Bree, you and I have done this before, and you know how I know that? I remember the fact that you. We're one of the backup dancers with share for the American Music Awards, so we're an old friend.
16: You know, it's so funny. Your voice sounds so familiar when I was hearing you speak.
2: Well, anyway, what am, <laughs> what, what am I going to do now after this? Six seasons, it's over. I mean, was it a difficult thing to put the cap
4: on? It was difficult in the sense we were sure. all very close up there, and it was a sad thing. It was sad to see it go, um, and there were tears. But at the end of the day, I think we're all very proud of what we accomplished. I wouldn't trade a moment of my time up there for anything. I'm very happy about what we did, and I'm I'm glad that it ended the way it did, and I'm glad that we're able to give the fans a, a finale and not have the show be canceled in the middle of an episode or a season.
2: Was it an ending that actually could start again i mean you know a lot of times when shows end i mean they end i mean you know they take you know they they're gone you can't recreate them again unless it's a dream like it was on dallas several years ago but is this something that at some point down the line could come back
16: well i will say you know i talked to um our showrunners david greenwell and jim kalf about when they were when we were gearing up towards the end of the season you're like what is the plan like how do you write a series finale? Like you know, and you know, is it going to be exactly this question? Is it, is it is there going to be hope? Is it going to be final? And it, they, it was very important to them to keep it in the grim space. I mean, they come from this genre of television and very true to it. And it was very important for them to honor honor that.
4: Do you remember sort of? I don't know what season it was where there was about five to be continued. Like every yeah. <laughs> like every yeah. Yeah. season ended with a to be continued, dot, right. dot, dot. Right. They live in a sort of to be continued space because Jim basically can't stop writing. And he's <laughs> the opposite of writer's block. Like he's probably still writing the show, <laughs> even though we're done. The life continues, but it's also a pretty solid Indeed. ending,
16: yes. Now I would say, I was asked this question this week, like, you know, it's it's over. Is, is there
4: a spin-off? I mean, no. it's it's over. But
2: um, I think... Uh, Ron, it's over. <laughs> Jeez, how harsh can you get, Silas? <laughs> Leave we don't some... to have
4: to put it in these terms sometimes. <laughs> so... inter- We're having an intervention with you, Ron.
2: <laughs> you, know, you know, it's funny. One of the lines, you know, a lot of people have pet peeves when it comes to hearing lines. Like, at the end of the day, you know, people don't like to hear that. But it's funny because one of the lines that I... It really bothers me is when somebody says, well, have a nice life, which indicates that you are never going to see these people again under any circumstances. And Silas, that's the kind of uh, idea I'm getting from what you're telling (laughs) Brie. Forget it. It's so
4: harsh. You know, there was a line line that I said in the show in German, which I thought had been made up by the showrunner Jim Kauf because it's his style of humor. But apparently it's literally a kind of funny comic truism Mm -hmm. in German which is, alles hat ein Ende, and I forget what the word is, except ein Wurst, which has two, which means everything has an ending except a sausage, which has two. It's one of my favorite lines, which i got to memorize it in German, because it's just a great line, and Grimm has ended.
2: Well, you know, I'm glad you explained what that said, because I don't know if you were swearing in German or saying something yeah, vulgar, no, no, so I'm certainly no, glad you explained it. No,
4: it's very family-friendly aphorism. Yeah.
2: I would assume both of you have no problems continuing your successful career. I mean, Silas, you've been in over 100 television shows, My Name is Earl, The Mentalist, Burn Notice, and many feature films, and have a great passion for the theater. And Brie, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you studied dance, but you were in The Ugly Truth, and Just My Luck, Smash, and so many other things, The Wedding Band, The Mentalist, The Ghost Whisperer on television, and the nice part about Grimm is, even though I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, you know it's not in production anymore, but it will live for four thousand years in syndication.
4: For four thousand years, yeah. I think, and I, said I hope this, so. I'll be, I'll be rich. If yeah. that is that true? No, anyway. <laughs> Not anymore. Those <laughs> days are over. I said this when we were shooting the show. I think history will judge Grimm very well. Yeah. I think it will hold up through time because the it looks really cool. It looks like nothing else on TV, although now things are starting to cop its style. But it looks like nothing else. It tells interesting stories. The cast is good, and the ideas underneath it about people having these elements inside their souls that come out and manifest in ways that we humans, normal humans, can't see. I think that's a really rich premise. I mean, obviously, we went for five and we shot 123 episodes. Wow. But I just think posterity will judge us well. I really believe that. I think we did some cool stuff up there.
2: Well, grim is a great term that you can be described on, Silas, because I heard you say that when Bree said, I'm going to make a lot of money. You said, no, no, you're not. And then you said, it's over. So you're kind of like the Grim Reaper on this thing. Hey, man, truth
4: hurts. That's all I'm saying, Ron. Uh, Truth hurts. You got to work through it. uh Everybody has to work through it.
2: Yeah. Was it one of those emotional endings when you finished the last filming? No, but let me answer. Yes. let me answer that. Silas will say no. We were just all left in our own cars.
4: Now you're just crying like a baby. <laughs> no, I'm I'm, I cried. Uh, I cried yesterday morning in the car. I'm um, <laughs> driving with my dog to get coffee because my dog was so cute in the back seat. Anyway, I cried at the drop of a hat. We had the fortunate experience to wrap on the same day. Sure. So that was fun. That yeah. was sad. Yeah. it was sad. But it's very nice that we again that we get to have an ending. Yeah. Not only for the fans, but for us. We get to end. We get to have the ending of our story. I've never in my career been able to
16: start to finish, take a journey with a character, and it's really, really fortunate. Yeah, that's um, well said.
2: I think so It doesn't happen very often. Bree brings up a good point. You, you know, you, you were there for the duration of it. You cultivated the character. And the nice part about it is it wasn't one of those situations where they come in with a pink slip on Monday morning and say, you know that cliffhanger that we were talking about? Yeah, well, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, you're done. Yeah,
4: so, right. No, that's yeah. no good. When they yeah. just unceremoniously pull the plug yeah. on a show in the middle of a season, it's right. no fun for anybody. It was very civilized, and, and I think we all actually really appreciate NBC giving us the last 13 episodes to tie it all up because the fans deserve it. The fans have followed us. You know, we were on in the first two seasons probably four different nights and three different times and I'm not exaggerating. And people followed us and that's why we're here. So it's very nice of they.
1: Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com
3: no purchase necessary group. Void
17: prohibited by law See terms and conditions 18 plus step into the world of power loyalty I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome
2: to the family.
16: VTW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18
4: plus. Get to have an ending, a fulfilling, satisfying goodbye. Yeah.
2: Well, at least you didn't go to work and your trailer was gone. You knew what was going to exactly. happen. Exactly.
4: Yeah. drive to work yeah. and I was like, wait a minute, is this? Where's right. the trailer? <laughs> my, where's my room? Yeah.
2: Well, Silas, Bree, congratulations. After six seasons of Grim and now that the show's over, guys, please don't be a stranger. Come back and talk about other projects, okay?
4: Will do. Thank you. Okay.
2: Silas Weir-Mitchell and Bree Turner have been our guests. Thanks, guys.
4: Bye. Bye-bye.
2: It's over. Grim. It's gone. Bingo. Okay, there's more to come with Ron Seggi today.
4: Bye, Ron. Bye,
2: Ron. Live all across the USA and around the world, it's Ron Sedge today. And of all the years I've spent in the broadcasting business, which I'm going to be very candid, is over a half a century and 27 years doing a talk show. You know, you meet a lot of people and you make a lot of friends. But I have to be honest with you. Our next guest is one of the nicest men that I've ever met, I've ever worked with, that I've ever had on the show. He is terrific. And he really takes interest in everything that the host does. He's a touring, of course. He works just about every day of the year. He's going to be near me in Orlando, Florida, actually in a city called Claremont, a bedroom community, coming up on April 8th. Great place that he's going to be playing. It's the Claremont Performing Arts Center. Our friend, not Kreskin, but the amazing Kreskin. Kreskin, how are you, my friend? Good to
18: have you back. It is tremendous, and I I noticed that you, of course, added the uh, my first, my first uh, name, which is amazing. Actually, it's the on the credit card, the amazing Kreskin. But and of course, uh, since uh, since you worked with Ed McMahon so many years and became very close, I, I have I, and I told before how it was Carson that gave me that, right. uh, you know, the the prefix. Amazing because I never intended to use that. So it's 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 great to talk to you. And what a someday, and I uh, I had talked about a radio. Uh, program, but it looks like that's going to come to fruition. It didn't quite develop as I had promised in the past, but I want to interview you on the program because i got a multitude of questions I want to ask you about. You've lived a and, and are living a rich career, and uh, we're talking about, I, I got such a kick out of this because people sometimes ask me, where have you been uh, and I can't sometimes tell him where I was a week ago and say, for a mentalist, this guy's really got problems. But I I think I had mentioned it to you last time we spoke, but I, I, it's two years ago now. We didn't get to last year yet, but two years ago, counting all radio, television, and concert appearances that year, it was 364 appearances around the world. Oh, my goodness. So I, I do take a vacation because I love uh, – uh, cross-country skiing and camping, but the last time I took a week off was 13 and a half years ago. Oh my and it's goodness. not because not because I'm a workaholic, Ron. I just love my work. It's a passion. You understand what I mean? Oh, absolutely.
2: And you know, it's funny we talk about the Carson's uh, identification that I gave you with The Amazing because uh, there's, yeah. a, there's a channel, a cable channel called Antenna TV, and I'm not promoting this, but every night at 10 o'clock Eastern time, it's the Carson shows, and, and it's full, <laughs> and I'm watching it the other night. I mean, it's great. It brings back great memories, and a good thing oh, it's yeah. on a little bit earlier, because now that I'm a little older, I can't stay up at the time that it usually was on, but you know, yeah. you and I talked about this once before, about the traveling, and it's amazing how many miles you have put on.
18: You, you had a figure for me the last time. What was it? It's over. It's over three million miles. In oh. fact, I have a feeling it's getting close to four million. But according to the airline industry, uh, a year ago it was like uh, uh, over three million miles, and it is. I, I tell you today, as uh, a traveling by by plane in the United States isn't quite as attractive as it once was, no. uh, as it was years ago, and everybody in the business agrees, including people whom I know personally that work on airlines and so forth. I, by the way, I could never have predicted, uh, I, I swear to you, Ron, never did I ever dream, having been traveling now for 60-some years, uh, that, that that we'd be charged to check luggage on an airline. Now, they're making over a billion dollars each year, but I tell you, it, it, this, the whole climate... And and there is one airline we will not go into it now that charges to carry a piece of luggage on the plane to carry oh, yeah. on because I was there when this first developed a year ago, and uh, and uh, people were arguing at the counter and I thought what the heck are they arguing? They didn't want to pay. Uh, $100, $100, whatever it was. By the way, that airline has now been voted as the least popular airline in the United States. So I'm not going to mention any names I know because I don't it. want to be too negative. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because you, do you remember, and I'm sure you do, okay,
2: there, there was a time... When you got dressed up to go on an airline, and, oh, and they, you know, yes. I, before they even had the tray, I'm for I'm really getting my age here, but before you even got no. the tray coming down, they put a pillow there and then they put your steak on top of it. Now I sit yeah. next to a guy; he's got on a t-shirt, flip yeah. flops. Yeah. The guy or the woman is dressed like they're actually mechanic on the plane. They make mechanics dress better, and they give you <laughs> these four peanuts. That's they op- they open a bag and have you to share the peanuts with the three other people. And they charge you, you know, more money. It's it's a cattle
18: call. It really is. The, the point I want to warn people about is be careful, uh, folks. Just just hear what I'm saying, and I have reason for saying this. Uh, be careful. Uh, I'm not talking about European c- countries, and I traveled uh, a, a lot, of, lot out of. A uh, year ago, I was in Spain, Italy, New Zealand, Australia, Japan, Wales, Netherlands, Canada, the United States. But uh, food on flights on the in the U.S. Uh, I will not eat it. And uh, I don't want to talk about how it's taken care of, but do me a favor, folks, and I, I think I've worn a, a few times in the past, but if you don't believe me and I get, I get emails. I'm going to get emails from telling you this now, maybe in a week or two from now. Sit by the entrance of the plane in the morning when you're, if you're taking a morning flight up. And just do me a favor, folks. Watch this the, this, the services, and watch the pilots. You will notice they're carrying a bag on. It's breakfast. They will not eat the, the meal uh, on the plane, and wow. we won't go into
2: Hawaii. <laughs> oh, wow. That's interesting. I never like to travel alone, because I always figure that if something happens to me, nobody will know who I am, you know? Yeah.
18: But do you travel yeah. all these miles by yourself? No. No, Ron, I don't. I have a I have a road manager with me, and and uh, years ago, people managed me, and he said, "Don't Don't ever, as a performer travel alone. You do need some support because sometimes uh, things uh, get confusing and uncomfortable and luggage is lost. And sometimes uh, people uh, want to spend time when you may not have the opportunity. And I love people. I love to deal with people. As the years have gone by, one of the most valuable things I have in my life is my time. I consider it a priceless gift. And I I well last night I got to bed at quarter of five this morning because I was working all night on a project. But uh, oh, I got to share this with you. I got to tell you this. You're going to get a kick out of this. Now, this is not my new book in real time. This and it's it's not a new book of mine, but there is a book now and you it just came out a week ago, folks. You might want to make a note of this. You you older folks by Mark. Chimsky, C-H-I-M-S-K-Y, C-H-I-M-S-K-Y. No, I did not write the book, although I wrote a chapter in it because the title of the book is Eighty things to do when you turn eighty, <laughs> and who are some of the entries? One chapters by Pat Boone and and others by Tab Hunter. But with all the they've got they've gone to eighty people. Most of them I've, I don't know. Most of them They're, I think they must be in the marketing and in the business area and what have you. But uh, the three they keep mentioning on the internet and includes yours truly. I got such a kick out of this. It's in audio and printed. The gentleman, when he writes about me before my chapter that I wrote, is, is, is it's a pretty thick book. He says that uh, he cannot believe my schedule. He says my schedule would be a challenge to people half my age. Oh, yeah. But as I say in the title of my ch my, my life is an adventure, Ron. It really is an adventure. I mean, I can write another book on just experiences I've had. I just, uh, can you believe a few weeks ago... Uh, this is a a private program. A a lot of my programs, you can't see them listed because private groups don't want them publicized because they can't open the doors to people in town that would like to see me since they're, let's say, for a corporate affair or a a special group of of close friends and what have you. I had a program, and, and one of the persons whose thoughts I read was a a gentleman in the audience whom I didn't know and after the program he came back and he was in law enforcement and I've been as a result of that Called in on two murder cases. Now I'm not. This this is not. I'm not going into details. I don't do these, these this work for publicity purposes. But it's my life. Really has 84 crime cases. Now it's 86 crime cases I've been involved in in my
2: career. That's great. That's great. my son's a Orlando detective, and boy, uh, you know, and, and oh, you that's... know, he
18: would appreciate hearing those stories. Tell this uh, to him. Okay. And I want you folks listening in to hear this because my brother was a policeman 18 years. I, I had know. The police in the family, family, I. I have a member of the CIA, and I worked with FBI, what have you. To be a policeman today, my God, you got to be a psychologist. you got to be an attorney. I don't envy the situation today because our culture has changed, and you understand what I'm saying, Ron. Oh,
2: sure do. The amazing Kreskin, our friend for many, many years, is our guest this portion of Ron Sedgi today. We're going to pause for a second, but... Kreskin will be back with another segment with us. We always enjoy when he's here, and boy, we could talk forever and ever and ever. So we're going to pause for a second, and we'll be right back with the amazing Creskin today.
9: As a mother, you don't want to have to worry about this bill is coming, but then she needs this chemo. That's a decision you shouldn't have to make.
10: It's a huge burden lifted financially, and so it allows you to give singular focus to your child. I've never known a hospital that takes care of their patients so thoroughly That was the first thing I was like, how are
11: we going to do this? When they told us that we didn't have to pay a single bill, I was like, wow. They pretty much have saved us.
12: It's like the world has been lifted off of your shoulders. And now your focus is supporting this child.
9: There is not
12: another hospital like St.
9: Jude. The patient care is unmatchable. It saved my life. It saved my daughter's life. It saved our family.
13: St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org.
2: Back with Ron Sedghi today, and my friend is staying over for another segment, the amazing Kreskin. I've always wanted in all the years we've known each
1: Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, though. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at
2: ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. Or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: To ask you a question that I, I always forget to ask. And so this time I looked it up and I want to. And I just looked <laughs> I looked it up. Well, looked it up hey, okay. So <laughs> I found out that the superhero Mandrake, the Mandrake. magician,
18: is how you really got interested in this whole Man, arena. Run, run! as God is my judge. I have no reason to play games. I don't uh, I do not don't I don't do this. This is not the way I work. I have a legal-sized pad in front of me. I don't mean legal for law reasons, but that's the size of the pad. And my pen was resting on a line that I wrote here in which I wanted to talk about Mandrake. And you brought him up. I swear to God that is what my pen is on. It simply says here, Mandrake. Well, the story is interesting, I think, to a lot of people because I've now appeared at at comic conventions uh, because of this liaison. When I was five years old, and I, my family is Polish-Italian, my right. mother's side is from Sicily, and my father's side is from Poland. So we could be related, we're we're you
2: know that, don't you? I'm Sicilian, too, so we might be related. Yes, and we're I know both from, you are.
18: Yes. <laughs> and we're both know. from Pennsylvania. By, so we, uh, we were visiting relatives in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and of course, from your background in Erie, you know Bethlehem and Allentown. Sure. I had at one time 80 some relatives in Bethlehem and Allentown. And a, a young man looked like an older person, of course, when I was five, gave me a comic book. So I come back home with my parents, and, uh, my mother would read to me comics, because I wasn't able to read then. And this one had a comic character called Mandrake the Magician. And, she got another comic from the stores, and the, the same because the character fascinated me. Lee Falk wrote it. Lee Falk wrote it, and Phil Davis did the cartoon. And um, uh, Lee Falk, by the way, had another cartoon which was a monumental success called A Phantom. But Mandrake was not a magician. He had hypnotic abilities. He had telepathic abilities. He solved crime, but he drew. Justin White, tie and tails. He had a, a black assistant, a Lothar, who was a hero, and Narda was his his lovely gal friend. And I, that was going to be my model. So I wanted to – I play-acted this character until I was nine years old in grade school, and then found, uh, they played – I told the game of Hot and Cold – where, where where a teacher taught us you walk around and someone says, you're getting warm. We found <laughs> beanbags, but I didn't find anything. I went home to my grandma's house and had my brother hide a penny upstairs and found the penny without him ever talking to me. And from then on, my life changed. I started performing every every week in, in grade school. And then by the time I was in sixth, seventh grade, I was doing performances for uh, various organizations. And by the time I was nine years old, Uh, run. I was doing two-hour performances. My performances ran two hours. But Mandrake became a hero in that image. And 30 years later, one of the most wonderful experiences of my life, I was invited to Sardi's Restaurant because the comic industry knew that Mandrake was kind of turning point uh, early in my life. And they were having a seminar uh saluting Lee Falk, who had started writing Mandrake the year I was born, nineteen thirty five, and the and the comic was still in the newspaper, Sunday papers. So I I went there and there was a crowd of professors from universities and graduate students, all author aficionados of the comics, history of comics. And I went over and shook hands with Lee Falk and he said, Oh, it's so nice to meet you, Chris, and we didn't talk anymore. Bottom line is He had Q&A for two hours, and about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he stopped and he said, But I want to tell you folks something. Of all the people through the years, the only person who's come closest in real life to being truthfully what my character is, is the amazing Kreskin. Wow. You can imagine, Ron, it was one of the most moving. Sure. I meet I meet the uh, professors who were there then, and I couldn't speak. It, you, you can imagine when something like... By the way, what's interesting about Mandrake is that during World War II, amongst the enemies, of course, were the, the Nazis in Germany and, and, and Mussolini in Italy and, and, and in Japan and, and so forth, Mandrake was the biggest comic in, in Italy at that time. And Mussolini, because we were the enemy, Mussolini decided to erase the comic. And the people came to him and said, no, no, don't. It's it's tremendously popular. You're going to anger your public. And he kept the comic pictures that, that Phil Davis was drawing then. But had the storyline changed somewhat, a man came in to rewrite the story. And the man who rewrote the story was Fellini, oh, the great director. Yeah, sure. And one of Fellini's great ambitions and great failures in life, and he said it quietly to various people if certain things came up, his dream was to do a movie, a Mandrake movie, but he said he can't do it. He doesn't know how to do it because this is not a movie at trick photography. This is a movie of a man who influences the minds of others, and he wasn't able to do it. Isn't that interesting? Wow. And that man who wanted to do it was Fellini, the great director.
2: Wouldn't you be great
18: at a lead role on well, that? Me, i got to tell you st- uh, what's interesting right now, and if anyone is in contact with them and uh, any future ones, uh, Mandrick was once done a black-and-white movie in the past. It wasn't very successful. As uh, The Phantom was more successful and so forth. I know the reason why. And four times now there has been a desire and it's been announced in the press. Last year it was in the whole press. They're gonna do a Mandrake movie. Guess what? It's not gonna come true. It never did, and I've offered not to write it, but to be a consultant in the writing of it, because I know what's missing. I know what Fellini had his hand on what needed to make that story. Here's a man with mental powers. Look at the movie, what's the movie with the famous actor years ago, The Shadow? It was not very successful right. because what made the sh- and I'm one of my close friends years ago, Walter Gibson, who died, who wrote The Shadow, uh, and, and then it went to radio, and of course Orson Welles played The Shadow, and then after that, some others. Right. The key to The Shadow in radio that made it one of the five most popular crime shows for years, he had hypnotic abilities to make himself invisible. And in the movie, The Shadow, they did it by using trick photography and so forth, and it lost what made the mist. Shadow was not a sci fi character. You understand? Right. Oh, sure. He didn't fight people from outer space. He fought criminals using this gift, and that was what made the shadows successful. Oh. That's what made Mandrake successful. No, no. I thought your listeners would be interested in no, like
2: that. No, it's fascinating. Only the shadow knows. Is see, the problem with taking a lot of these old radio shows from years gone by and turning them into television or movies? Is that the theater of the mind isn't there anymore? Yes. and the reality yes. is gone. You know, you I said mean, it. yeah. It's the, a, you
18: said something very, very
2: significant, and that is that the theater of the mind kreskin's website which is www.amazingkreskin.com to find out where he's playing because if you see him once you will want to see him all the time and i'm going to end the show we're going to have some fun for the seance to be continued rod okay, the seance, okay? thanks Creskin. <laughs> i look forward to seeing you what a guy godspeed Ron. take care unbelievable amazing there's no question about it and there's more to come with ron sedgey today
9: as a mother you don't want to have to worry about this bill is coming but then she needs this chemo. That's a decision you shouldn't have to make.
10: It's a huge burden lifted financially, and so it allows you to give singular focus to your child. I've never known a hospital that takes care of their patients so thoroughly. That was the first thing I was like, how are we gonna do this?
11: When they told us that we didn't have to pay a single bill, I was like, wow, they pretty much had saved us.
12: It's like the world has been lifted off of your shoulders. And now your focus is supporting this child.
9: There is not another hospital like St. Jude. The patient care is unmatchable. It saved my life. It saved my daughter's life. It saved our family.
13: St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures. Saving children. Learn more
14: at stjude.org. It's pretty amazing when you consider that seven years ago, we didn't have the treatments we have now. We cure 80% of children with cancer. Go back 50 years, we were curing 20 to 30%. This is the miracle story of modern medicine. We understand what makes this cancer tick. And of course, without donors from around the world, this just couldn't happen. There's one thing we're focused on, and that's beating this thing. St. Jude
13: Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures. Saving children. Learn more at stjude.org
15: time is the one thing that we want more of without the donors i wouldn't have my audrey they take care of our housing they take care of our food in addition to the best medical treatment that my daughter could ever have so it allows me to focus on my daughter and getting her better
13: saint jude children's research hospital finding cures saving children learn more
8: at
3: stjude.org.
8: And now, Jonathan Kahn opens up today's mystery from the Book of Mysteries.
3: In the Book of Mysteries, the teacher is turning the pages of a large black book with the images of the great empires of history. It begins to open up the Chaldean mystery, the ancient law from Genesis 12 that's determined world history for 4,000 years. Second millennium BC, the great Egyptian empire turns against the children of Israel. The empire suddenly collapses and never rises again. It's the late 1930s, the great British empire turns against the Jewish people in their hour of need. The British Empire suddenly collapses to virtually nothing. After that, it's America that's most blessed, the Jewish people in Israel. And what nation of modern times has been the most blessed nation on earth? What does it tell you? God is real. You can depend on him. His word is true. His promises are sure. And before his faithfulness, the kingdoms of this world are nothing.
8: That was just a taste of the Book of Mysteries. Now available online and wherever books are sold. And at MysteriesBook.com. That's MysteriesBook.com.
2: That's a wrap on hour number one of our show, but we have another hour to go, and I want to thank our guests this past hour. Actor Ernie Hudson, third season of Grace and Frankie on Netflix, is starting. The last episode ever of Grimm was last Friday. I want to thank Silas Mitchell and Bree Turner for coming in and talking about that last big show. And then the amazing Kreskin, what a guy. Next hour, Chrissy Metz and Justin Hartley from This Is Us. New York Yankees veteran legend ball player, Four World Series to his name. Bertie Williams will be with us next hour. Sean Colon from a new CNBC show called The Deed Chicago. And we're going to talk about a bucket list with Victoria Borton. And that's all coming up next hour with Ron Seggi today. Step into the world of power, loyalty.
1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com.
6: Play for free right
1: now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: We are back with hour number two of Ron Segi today, and we're not fooling around on this April Fool weekend. On our show this hour, This Is Us stars Chrissy Metz and Justin Hartley. They've got a thing coming on Comcast starting April 3rd, that will enable you to binge watch the first season of This Is Us. We'll be talking about that. Legendary ball player with the New York Yankees. Four World Series and many championships. Bernie Williams will be on the show. Talking about a very serious subject after we talk a little baseball. Then CNBC has a new show called The Deed. Chicago, Sean Colon is the originator and the star of that program. And Victoria Borton will be joining us. And we're going to be talking about traveling and the travel plans you want to put on your bucket list and that's all coming up this hour with ron sedge today
5: Hi, it's Angie Austin with Daybreak USA. If you're like me, you want really safe, clean, delicious drinking water for your family, for your kids in particular. Well, a report from the Environmental Working Group warned that 218 million Americans are exposed to cancer causing tap water. On top of which a Harvard study showed 33 states have unsafe levels of harmful toxins in the drinking water. And if you're concerned about your health, you should be outraged. Luckily, there's a new solution. The AlexaPure pitcher, it reduces up to 99 99.9% 99 percent of 92 contaminants found in tap water, uh, stuff that can kill you like lead, chromium-6, chlorine, pesticides, pharmaceuticals, and more. Order yours at waterwithangie.com, waterwithangie.com, or call 888-440-8150, 888-440-8150. Your water will taste great. It tastes so delicious, so pure, so clean. Again, Alexa Pure Pitcher, waterwithangie.com, 888-440-8150. The for years,
6: Ovation Cell Therapy has been repairing dry, damaged, flat, lifeless hair. I use ovation and love it. What are you waiting for? The unique breakthrough cell therapy treatment uses amino acids, key nutrients, and vital proteins to nourish the scalp and treat the hair from root to end. You won't find a treatment like cell therapy in any other hair care line. And it's guaranteed. Whether you have wavy hair, tight curls, flat hair, damaged hair, ovation has a cell therapy system just. Right for you. Get your healthy hair back. Now is the perfect time at ovationhair.com. It's the perfect time to try ovation cell therapy because Ovation
3: is celebrating its 10 year anniversary and they're offering you 15% off everything. But the party ends this week. Go to ovationhair.com and new customers should select USA News at checkout. That's ovationhair.com.
2: Be quick, 15% off ends this week. Nationwide and around the world, you're listening to Ron Seggi today. Well, I remember, like it was yesterday, talking to Sterling K. Brown last fall about a new show that was coming up that he had a lot of hopes for. And the show was called, by the way, This Is Us. And then uh, we talked to him again, oh, I guess mid-part of uh, December. And then we talked to a couple other of the stars. Now we have two more, but this is what's exciting. The show was such a hit that season number one is part of a marathon, I guess they call it a -a watch-a-thon week, when Comcast unlocks all of their secrets of the past and allows you to binge watch. Joining us from the show, this is us, the very lovely Chrissy Metz, and the equally handsome Justin Hartley. Justin, Chrissy, welcome to the show.
0: Hi. Thank you. What an intro. That was awfully I'm kind of you. Oh, man. You. Hi. Yeah. St-
2: Sterling just wrote that over to me to read, and I hope I didn't screw up <laughs> with any of the stuff. The well, checks could, in the mail,
15: sir. The yep. checks in the mail. Okay, that's
2: lie number two. Anyway, moving right along. Uh, you know, this is unbelievable the success of the show. Season number yeah. one. Uh, you can now watch as uh, starting. I guess it's starting the third of the month, third of April yeah. through the ninth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, April,
0: uh, April third yeah. through the ninth is a watchathon, an Xfinity watchathon, and uh, we were saying, you know, it's it's a it's a good time to either catch up on the show or start the show. Our show is, is watchable, is, is binge watchable for so many different reasons. One of them is we ask a lot of our audience. It's a very sort of emotional show, yeah. and, and to dive in and get that deep into a show emotionally is kind of a it, it's a it's a tall order. So. Uh, You can do it on your own time if you have a few hours to sit there and sort of cry and get your eyes all puffy. (laughs) um,
2: they're, They're offering the entire season for you. How many uh, episodes are in this first season? Eighteen. Eighteen, oh, 18 episodes. Oh, wow, we make really? you cry for a whole entire day from Jeez, sunrise to sunset. Sunrise to right. sunset. That's a good name for a song. <laughs> I'll have to write that. Sunrise, <laughs> sunset. How about uh, the new season? When does that start now?
0: Well, September. It's September. I don't think we have an exact date. Yeah, uh, I could be wrong, but yeah. it's it's, it's, it's going to be in September. Mm-hmm. It's a great start show. start filming in July, so it, we're excited
2: about that. Yeah. So. Now, i got to tell you a quick side story, if I may, though, and it involves yeah. uh, Mandy. Mandy Moore. Okay. Okay? Heard of her. Heard of her. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, (laughs) Several years ago, she was in our studios at Universal Studios here in Orlando, and she was just a young girl. When I say young, I mean 12 or something, you know. So Uh she comes in, we do this great interview. She was very good even at a very young age. She wasn't even a teenager yet. And we always archive all of our interviews for posterity, never knowing when you might need them again. Well, one day in a very rushed scenario and it was on tape at the time we needed a tape and our executive producer with her infinite wisdom said why don't we use this with mandy moore and i i don't know if i want to do that or not she said well you know she's a young girl by the time you know she gets another 10 years she'll probably be a real estate executive or something I i don't know if that's such a good idea so like a schmo we used it not knowing that this girl was going to end up such a big name, and here I had this really nice interview when she was like twelve. It's not That's a funny not... story, but it is an educational story. I want you. To no, know. she's
19: <laughs> so poised even from like twelve years old. Yeah,
0: I, you you say that story, and I and I haven't known I haven't known Mandy for for uh, when she was a, when since when she was a child, but I can say, in knowing her now. That doesn't surprise me that that when you say she was poised and she was good at such a young age, she is absolutely – her. that's her through and through, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. and
19: then we recently found out that she was actually discovered by a FedEx driver. Yeah. Right? Of all people. Of all people. I'm like, this is so fascinating. I mean, she is just – I've been a fan of her since – I mean, her music. Yeah, she's lovely. And I'm from Gainesville, Florida, so, you know, we're Florida girls, so it's exciting. Yeah, that's what I was
2: just going to ask you. You were born in Homestead, Florida, and then discovered in Gainesville, not too far from Orlando, Florida, where we originate this national show. What were you doing up there? A local talent event that you had in Gainesville?
19: Um, I, yeah, I went to a a random model or maybe not so random model search with my sister who was interested in modeling and she, she and I have different dads, right? She's tall and thin. And, uh, so, um, she went and then I met my then manager and the rest is kind of history.
2: Wow, that's great. And now here you are. And, and here, here I am. Back in Florida. <laughs> I know, right? Doing the <laughs> show. <circle>. Wow, <laughs> you traveled such a long distance to get I back know. to
4: the same place.
8: <laughs> you can't just country. big circle <laughs> is where you went.
2: Well, you know, your success with Loveless in Los Angeles and American Horror Story and My Name is Earl. And Justin, you bring an enormous amount to the table, too, with the hit series Chuck and Castle and Heart of Dixie yeah. and then Red Canyon, the film, and Spring Breakdown. And you were... A yeah. daytime soap opera star for four years on Passion.
0: Yeah. Well, I, did, I try to bounce around as often as I can and try to do, uh, try to do as many different roles as, as I possibly can. Planned uh, it just that way. This, this, this one ends up being, um, I mean, the absolute joy of my life is working with these fine people. I've oh. worked with a lot of fine people, but this is the absolutely greatest job I've ever had, the most fun I've ever had working with talented, fun, funny people. And yeah. we get to laugh and cry and make everybody do it with us in the process. Boy, yeah. there
2: is no doubt about that laughing Amazing. and crying part. I mean, there you can't deny that. There is a lot of great times and a very sad times that becomes a real tearjerker. i got to ask you, Justin, I, I cannot remember the young man's name on Passions. He was a friend of ours, and I just can't remember his name now. A little guy, and he uh, died very, very young. What was his name? Do you remember? He played... Kimmy on
0: the show, yes, and he yes. he passed away before I got there.
2: Oh, did he really? Yeah.
0: So I never got to meet that that young man. Yeah. I I actually uh, started that show I think like a week or two after uh, he tragically passed away, and um, the energy on this. I remember showing up to work the first day and thinking, my gosh, these these people are awfully sad for a for a, a bunch of people that are working on a television show. And then I was told the story, and it, it all kind of made sense. I was yeah. like, oh, he had such an impact on all these people. Oh, there. he really
2: did. He re- they, were de-
0: they were devastated, yeah.
2: Now, uh, Xfinity TV customers will have access mm-hmm. to thousands of shows, more than 50 networks, okay, between April 3rd and April 9th. When it comes to writing the show, where do they begin? Where do they get the premise? Because i got to tell you, it hits it right on the money every week.
0: Thanks. I, yeah. I, I think part of it is is they come from real stories, I think. Uh, and, and and that's that that's part of the reason why you're probably feeling that way is everyone has their own story. Everyone's mm-hmm. got a story, and they go in this room and they shut the door and they all share their stories. And, um, and, and I think they come from real life. That's, oh, that's sort of what I've been definitely. told. Yeah.
19: And I think this was initially going to be a feature that Dan was going to write. Mm-hmm. And then it had legs for a, a series, and thank goodness for that. But, yeah, I mean, you, you write from what you know, and that's mm-hmm. what's so relatable.
0: He's a young guy, the creator of our show. Yeah. He's brilliant. He's like, he's like 40 or something, right? Wow. And, and, so and sounds- I always tell him, I said, he's 40 years old, but I think his soul is like 300,000 years yeah,
14: old. Yeah, he's-, he's, he's an old soul. He's
0: yeah.
19: just amazing and mm-hmm. so humble about mm-hmm. everything. He's like, ah, you guys do, you, you know, you guys really make the show. We're like, are you kidding?
2: Come on. <laughs> yeah,
19: come on. No, it's the writing. And he's like, no, and, like, no. and it's everyone. It's a pleasure. Everyone. Yeah.
2: Chrissy, you play Wonderful. the role of Kate and Justin, Kevin. Does this whole crew allow you to bring a little bit of your own personality and your own input into those characters? Oh, sure.
19: I mean, uh, you know, playing someone who is dealing with weight issues and, you know, having it not be about the food, but about, the, you know, the food is the symptom and there's real issues and everybody kind of fills the void uh, some way, somehow. And so, you know, I can relate to that. And just, you know, we're all trying to do the best we can. And um, bringing that in and just staying present in the material is, is what my, my goal is pretty much every day. But, you know, when you have empathy for anyone and hopefully yourself, that comes across hopefully authentically.
0: Yeah, you try to make it, uh, you try to make it as personal as you possibly can. And uh, I breathe as much of myself into this character as I as I can. And I think we all do that. Yeah. And, and, and then, I mean, it's the very least we can do if we're asking people to... Um, to sort of relate to the show on a personal level themselves, the audience. The very least we can do is the same thing. That's a very wise
2: <laughs> statement when you say it's the least we can do. I, I always chuckle at actors and actresses who say, I never watch myself because I, I just can't watch myself on television or on the big screen. And I'm thinking to myself the whole time, if you can't watch yourself, how the heck are we going to watch yourself?
0: You're asking us to watch that? Yeah, no, yeah. exactly.
2: Yeah, and one of these days, Justin, I'm going to have to have you back to talk about a water project that I know you're invo- involved with. We had okay. that subject on the show a couple of weeks ago, and, and it's pretty interesting, so I'd like to talk to you about it. Again, the Watchathon week is when Comcast unlocks Xfinity On Demand and gives all the Xfinity TV customers free, unlimited access to the hottest shows on television, cable, and, of course, one, if not the hottest show this year, successful first season, unbelievably successful, mm-hmm. is This Is Us, starring Chrissy Metz and Justin Hartley. Justin, Chrissy, you're a great guest. You've got to come back one of these days. I would oh, love, love, to. To. I would love to. I would love to. you. I would love to. Thank you so much. Chrissy, do you ever get back to Central Florida?
19: Oh, yeah. As often as I can, I went for my sister's baby shower and Uh, just uh, a couple months ago, and all my family's still there in Gainesville and Ocala, so as much as I can.
2: Oh, that's great. Well, either either one of you come back down in this area, let us know, but please don't be a stranger. We'd love to have you back, and congratulations. Maybe we can talk to you before the start of the second season this coming September, and this is us on NBC, okay? You got
19: it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
2: you so much. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Chrissy.
19: Thank You're welcome. You. Bye. Bye-bye.
2: That is a huge hit show. This is us, Chrissy Metz and Justin Hartley. And there's more to come with Ron Seggi today.
9: As a mother, you don't want to have to worry about this bill is coming, but then she needs this chemo. That's a decision you shouldn't have to make.
10: It's a huge burden lifted financially, and so it allows you to give singular focus to your child. I've never known a hospital that takes care of their patients so thoroughly That was the first thing I was like, how are we going to do
11: this? When they told us that we didn't have to pay a single bill, I was like, wow. They pretty much have saved us.
12: It's like the world has been lifted off of your shoulders. And now your focus is supporting this child.
9: There is not another hospital like St. Jude. The patient care is unmatchable. It saved my life. It saved my daughter's life. It saved our family. St. Jude
13: Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn
14: more at stjude.org. It's pretty amazing when you consider that seven years ago, we didn't have the treatments we have now. We cure 80% of children with cancer. Go back 50 years, we were curing 20 to 30%. This is the miracle story of modern medicine. We understand what makes this cancer tick. And of course, without donors from around the world, this just couldn't happen. There's one thing we're focused on, and that's beating this thing.
13: St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures. Saving children. Learn more at stjude.org.
15: Time is the one thing that we want more of. Without the donors, I wouldn't have my Audrey. They take care of our housing. They take care of our food. In addition to the best medical treatment that my daughter could ever have. So... It allows me to focus on my daughter and getting her better.
13: St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children.
8: Learn more at stjude.org. And now, Jonathan Kahn opens up today's mystery from the Book of Mysteries. In the Book of Mysteries, the teacher leads the
3: disciple into an immense desert valley to reveal the secret and mystery of the Midbar. When people go through hard times, times of loss and tragedy and hardship and problems and separations and tears, discouragement, they often speak about going through the wilderness. It's a wilderness period. But in the Bible, the wilderness is a holy place. It was in the wilderness that God revealed his presence, gave his word, showed his glory. It was in the wilderness that the Bible began. But the wilderness holds an amazing secret. In Hebrew, the wilderness is the midbar. It comes from the word to speak for the wilderness is the place of God's voice where he will most clearly speak to you. So go out into the wilderness or when you find yourself in a wilderness, draw near to God
8: because it's your midbar the place where you will hear the very voice of God. What you just heard comes from the book of mysteries. Get it online or wherever books are sold and at mysteriesbook.com. That's mysteriesbook.com.
2: Nationwide and around the world, you're listening to Ron Seggi today. Very important subject by a really, very talented athlete. And you know, a lot of times when people are in the public eye, I guess the illusion that nothing goes wrong in their private life. Well, that's not the case with World Series champion and New York Yankees center fielder and five all star appearances. Joining us right now is the legendary. Bernie Williams. Hey, Bernie, how you doing, my friend?
20: I am doing well, man. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
2: Well, thank you for joining us. And before we start talking about the subject at hand, I got to tell you something. You are one great baseball player. Thank you for all of the great memories that you have brought to baseball fans all across the USA. Terrific.
20: It was an amazing time. I started playing in 91, you know, and uh, the Yankees sort of came along and uh, Came into their own in the the mid to late 90s, and I was uh, fortunate enough to be part of all that. So it was just a great
2: time in my life. What was it like, Bernie, to be on the field with the New York Yankees? I mean, this had to be a dream of yours, as it is a dream probably of every American kid in the United States.
20: Yeah, it was definitely a dream come true for me. Uh, It took a lot of hard work to get uh, to that point. I mean, I started playing... Uh, in the minors, you know, by the time that I was uh, uh, you know, a young 16-year-old kid coming out of high school, I had the opportunity to uh, play professional in the minors, and it took me about five years to make it to the majors. So in 91, I had my first chance to show what I could do. It was great. It was uh, nerve-wracking, but uh, I was just very blessed uh, with the opportunity and uh, to take advantage of it, and, uh, and I guess the rest is history. Though. It was just an amazing
2: time. Four World Series championship titles, five all-star appearances. Man, it's one thing to play Major League ball, but it's another thing to play Major League ball with the Yankees and with all of those fantastic accomplishments that happened during your tenure.
0: Yes,
20: it was, a uh, you know, being in the right place at the right time. I think the team was going through pretty much what it's going through right now, kind of like a reorganizing and a transitional period, getting – uh rid of some of the, uh, you know, old players and bringing some new uh, blood into, you know, the mix. Uh, and uh, it really worked in our case. You know, we had like a, a change of manager in Joe Tory and just dealing with uh, just being a professional player in the city of New York, you know, had its you know its own challenges as it was. Uh, but uh, we enjoyed a lot of it and the fact that we were able to go to championship Series and won them and uh, sort of made us pretty well liked in the city. And, uh, you know, the players from my generation, when you talk about Derek Jeter and uh, Paul O'Neill and uh, uh, Andy Pettit and Jorge Posada and, uh, you know, obviously Mariano Rivera. Uh, you're all part of that generation that uh, really people associate with a lot of success and a lot of great times in uh, New York.
2: Sure, and you bring back a lot of great names. Well, let's uh, divert from that for just a second. It's hard to divert from a baseball career like yours, Bernie, but let's do it for a second and talk about the Breathless Campaign, which is raising awareness for a very rare lung disease called idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, which struck your dad Tell us about the campaign and how it affected you and your family personally.
20: Yes, uh, you know, teaming up with uh, Behringer, coming up with a campaign called Breathless. And uh, what it is is just to create awareness, you know, creating people, uh, you know, driving attention uh, upon this uh, condition that took my dad's life in 2001, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Uh, 132,000 Americans living with IPF. Uh, now and uh, 50,000 Americans are diagnosed each year with the disease, and out of those, 40,000 people die from IPF each, each year. So th- these are numbers that are, you know, obviously real. People are suffering, you know, from uh, this condition, and it really takes a toll on their families. Uh, so uh, we have uh, created a, uh, a website that people could come and get educated. About the disease, you know, it has so many of the uh, common symptoms that other uh, conditions like COPD and uh, asthma have. Cold that never wants to go away, congestion and uh, discomfort in the chest area, and uh, most importantly, your inability to breathe uh, normally, uh, taking uh, away, you know, your breath, you know, little by little. Uh, every day, you know, things that you may take for granted, walking around, you know, with your kids, you know, trying to be active. Uh, uh, it really diminishes your uh, opportunities to do that. So, really debilitating, and it's progressive, and uh, it's something that uh, people should be aware of.
2: Bernie, how do you get it, and is it uh, prevalent in a uh, particular age bracket or sex?
20: Older, maybe, maybe mid to late 40s, all the way up. My dad was 74 when he passed away. There is no known cause for this really people you know we haven't really figured out you know what causes it or so this is so important I'm aware because the symptoms are so commonly associated with other conditions but there are specific things that uh, relate to IPF that uh, uh, people should know and get diagnosed uh, earlier so they can have possibility of, of getting a some of these new, uh, new alternatives that they have come up with, uh, just bringing a little hope. We're talking about managing uh, quality of life, it's really important to people. for people to you know, go to the website breathlessipf.com, get educated, and, and get aware of, uh, of all these things. Is
2: it curable, or, or you can only treat it?
20: It is not curable, oh, and that's uh, probably one of the most important things things that people uh, should know about. It was devastating for me and my family to hear about having my dad uh, diagnosed with this this disease. Uh, He was such a vibrant, active person that uh, to be diagnosed with this, you know, it was basically writing his uh, death sentence in a way. He took it really hard and uh, basically a journey that uh, I wouldn't wish it upon anybody.
2: Well, I urge everyone to visit the website, which is breathlessip. F, standing for idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, and very important. Uh, in fact, it affects as many as 132,000 Americans, making it four times more common than Lou Gehrig's disease, and it's a rare and fatal lung disease that causes permanent scarring of the lungs and difficulty breathing, even if you're not a, a non-smoker, right, Bernie?
20: Yeah, that is right. Yeah. That is right. You know, my dad was a non-smoker, and uh, he, you know, he uh, contracted uh, this condition, uh, nobody really knew how or, you know, the cause of it, uh, but uh, it uh, it really afflicted it uh, through his whole life, you know, up until the point that he passed in uh, 2001. Wow.
2: Well, Bernie, we appreciate all of the great times that you gave us in professional baseball, and now we continue to appreciate the work you're doing for this breathless campaign. I uh, give. Uh, I tip my hat to you, my friend.
20: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Thanks, Bernie. Come back anytime, okay? And anything we can do to help, we're there for you, okay?
20: Absolutely. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Bernie. Our guest has been baseball great, World Series champion, five time All Star, and New York Yankee center fielder, Bernie Williams. And there's more to come with Ron Seggi today. It's Ron Seggi today, all across the USA and around the world. New show on CNBC, and this is the real deal. It is called The Deed, Chicago. And joining us right now is its central figure, quite a guy, I might say, Sean Conlon. Hi, Sean. How are you?
21: Hey, Ron. Good. Nice to meet you. Thank you for having
2: me on your show. Well, you know, I couldn't pass this up because I started to read what this was all about. You are a very successful real estate entrepreneur, and you kind of go into areas where people should not be into, and that is the flipping of the homes, the amateurs who flip homes, real estate, business properties. And you really and truly show that you're on thin ice if you don't know what you're doing because you're so successful at it.
21: Well, thank you very much. I will tell you this. It comes from experience. I have a great expression that I use often. There's very little to be learned from the second kick from a mule. And (laughs) I've been kicked so many times making so many mistakes. I'm always surprised by how many amateur flippers I run across. It's kind of akin to... You know, with the same results as an amateur pilot, it's not really good. But the one thing I will tell you, and the reason I help these people, it is still the quickest route in our country, Ron, to become wealthy. I mean, it might take you all the way to the White House.
2: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, you took the words right out of my mouth. You know, there is a future in this and political arena. <laughs>
21: Somebody asked me that, and I said, well, I wasn't born here so I can hide my birth cert and get everybody excited about that. Right. And then they're like, how will you end up in the White House? I said, well, I suspect he'll conduit and I'll buy the Rose Garden unit.
2: (laughs) That's right. It's very desirable real estate. But being an Irish immigrant, I guess you fall in the category of not being eligible. But who knows what will happen over the next few years?
21: He has to find my my birth cert and prove all this, doesn't
2: he? That's right. Now, these are four one-hour episodes where you go in and you help people that uh, as i mentioned earlier we talked about the fact that they're lost in a in a field really that you say you know it's pretty easy to do this for people who know what they're doing but if you don't know what they're doing and they make it seem so simple late night television where you can buy this house for $17 and sell it for 2.8 million after only cutting the grass <laughs>
21: Well, that's the problem, right? I mean, that's, that's incredibly misleading. The two caveats I'll give you quickly is, look, there's no, for me and for most people like me, I'm a pretty ordinary person who did some fairly extraordinary things because I worked really hard, but America does give you that opportunity. But secondly, I have a better chance, Ron, of being hit by a meteorite than be the next Mark Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. I mean... Most people are not ever going to create Facebook or that. A lot of the wealth in America is still created in real estate. Right. So if people took the time to learn and, and learn from this show and see the mistakes that you, you make, it is a great path you know, to security and wealth for your average person.
2: Success, and I'm a big believer in this is yeah. the is the ability to persevere that's the key to success okay however when it comes to real estate people have a tendency of gut reacting because they can't get through the time when it's not really working I, an example of that is you know if i wanted to be you know the greatest uh, announcer in the world you know aside from losing a lot of job opportunities in my pursuit i wouldn't be really losing hard money i'd be losing time if you buy a house and you can't get through a depression, you're losing hard cash and I think that's the reason why perseverance seems to be hindered in people wanting to get into real estate and not being able to wallow through the swamp, if you will, in bad times.
21: You know on I think that is the thing that 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 you know freezes people. People get frozen by fear because now there's the financial aspect. I'm incredibly tenacious. But I will tell you, there were times, there were times, and not too long ago, where I got so, you know, so hamstrung, I was briefly frozen with fear. But I'm a big reader of history, and, you know, in the First World War, the guys used to get up in the trenches and go back out the next morning with the hope that someday soon it might end. The sun does rise every day, so I tell people home flipping, if you're overwhelmed, go home to bed go home to bed and get up because with a fresh set of eyes it will not it, it will be manageable and learn to compartmentalize because if you freak out, I mean you know you're in trouble. If you panic you're in trouble. Just like when you get caught in deep water, you can't panic. you need to take a breath, it won't kill you. That's the only way out of it. Now these people you'll see in the show, some of them have absolutely panicked and freaked out. Some of them have made ridiculous mistakes. I bring my own money and I bring my experience and we get a lot of people out of some really tricky situations. What is
2: a better investment when it comes to real estate? Raw, dirt, brick and mortar? No,
21: raw dirt's scary because there's never a chance of, of income on it, right? Right until, right. until you build it. So here's what I would tell you. For people to create, to be in the business really, home flipping is the way they get started. But... If I was working and I was Ron and I had like a very successful radio show, I would buy an apartment building every year, two, three, four apartments. And I wouldn't think about the income from it because you wouldn't get a lot until about 10 years time. And that truly is your retirement strategy. Mm-hmm. And I do that. And it's an incredibly stable, wonderful investment. I mean, I can't beat the stock markets. It's totally rigged, I suspect. And I suspect you can't.
2: No, but what is more desirable, commercial property or houses or condos? Well,
21: Well so here, it's it's cyclical. For your average person to get into commercial property, the price, the entry price points are very difficult, right? right? So people like retail, you have a single tenant. But I like apartments for bootstrap people, because you can go around and paint your four or five apartments. You know, you can clean them up, you can collect your income, and you know, someday that's your retirement or your kid's college fund. That is very doable.
2: I have a office apartment complex that I own. It's 1,200 miles away, okay? One of the problems that we have with that particular investment is the fact that it's 1,200 miles away, and whenever something needs to be done, it costs money to have somebody go in there and do it versus, you know, let's say, well, let's I'll help even though I'm worthless when it comes to hammer and nails. <laughs> so you got to be careful, too, that you don't get in over your head from the standpoint of just maintenance of this thing.
21: Absolutely, and Ron, here's the thing. Obviously, you are nationally syndicated, so you think nationally. I would tell people investing in real estate to think locally. Right. I obviously have real estate nationally. I actually have apartment buildings down there in Palm Beach in your neighborhood in Florida. But unless you have a large infrastructure trying to manage projects somewhere else, I had a lot of apartments in Austin, Texas. Very stressful because you're not local, and all knowledge is local. I'm talking about a guy who's working, lives near the neighborhood, near the base, whatever it happens to be, and he buys an apartment building, cleans it up, and rents it out. That's what I'm talking about.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. Boy, it's a fascinating show, and I think that uh, you're going to go far beyond the four one-hour episodes. It's called The Deed Chicago. It's Wednesday at 10 o'clock Eastern Time on CNBC. Where did you film it, Sean?
21: So we filmed it in Chicago. Um, and we did some green screens in Santa Monica because uh, I have a place out in Malibu that I spend some time in. But it's very exciting, Ron. It's, it's it is educational and, and it is aspirational, and it really shows you an unvarnished look at it. But it also shows you the successes that are possible. So I think CNBC do an amazing job with their evening broadcast now, and the shows are really so interesting. And I've always been a fan. I watched the station, so to be honest, it is quite exciting. And I think there's a need for something like this in the space, a real real estate show.
2: I think you've really hit on it. And if you ever get to Central Florida, where we originate this show in Orlando, please let me know. I'd love to have you back on the show and talk about real estate. I would is-
21: love to. And I see that you uh, you do broadcast out to the Armed Forces, yes. which is fantastic. CEO of my company who works for me is a ex-Special Ops Air Force guy, so I'm a big fan.
2: You can't ever Do anything but support the military. I always say the two most important resources that we have in this country is the military and the youth. Without one, you can't have the other successfully.
21: Well, big fan, the business partner and runs my company, Benji Burford, the Special Ops Air Force in Europe over there and stuff. What an amazing group of people.
2: Well, Sean, we're going to be watching again on CNBC. Well,
21: thank you, Ron, and I really appreciate it and make sure everybody watches it.
2: Okay, Sean, thank you for joining us. Good luck, as they say. Uh, Break a leg. Okay, thanks, Sean. And uh, the show is, as we mentioned, on CNBC, The Deed Chicago, four one-hour episodes Wednesdays at 10 o'clock on CNBC. And we'll be back with more with Ron Segy today.
9: As a mother, you don't want to have to worry about, this bill is coming, but then she needs this chemo. That's a decision you shouldn't have to make.
10: It's a huge burden, lifted, financially, and so it allows you to give singular focus to your child. I've never known a hospital that takes care of their patients so thoroughly. That was the first thing I was
11: like, how are we going to do this? When they told us that we didn't have to pay a single bill, I was like, wow. They pretty much have saved us.
12: It's like the world has been lifted off of your shoulders, and now your focus is supporting this child.
9: There is not another hospital like St. Jude. The patient care is unmatchable. It saved my life. It saved my daughter's life. It saved our family.
13: St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org.
2: You're in tune with Ron Seggi today, live all across the USA and around the world. Well, we're going to talk about a bucket list. You know, I have never really put together a bucket list. It's kind of uh, scary, you know, it's like the last straw, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I guess you could change it into, you know, the start of a new beginning. Joining us right now is the Vice President for Lifestyle Products and Services for AARP, Victoria Borton. Hi, Victoria. How are you?
22: Hi, Ron. I'm
2: great. Yeah, I was kind of worried about using the term bucket list, but I guess that's the best way. If it's a duck, you got to call it a duck. So if it's a bucket list, you got to call it a bucket list. So let's talk about the uh, things you could do to spice up spring here that is now upon us. And what do people uh, should be adherent to when getting ready to maybe go on a spring vacation, a summer vacation? Frankly, I think spring is a great year because... It's kind of in between of being real hot, real cold.
22: Spring and summer are the major uh, travel seasons, of course, with fall being next. And there's so many choices. And, And believe me, at this time of year, everybody is waiting and ready to get out, to hit the road, to take some vacation. And where do you start? There's so many choices out there. So first, you should set your budget and say this year... I can spend this amount and how long do you have to travel and so that's going to dictate quite a bit of your choices I when you mention the bucket list always keep a running bucket list. In fact, AARP members have recently revealed their top locations, which include Hawaii and Alaska. So keep that list running and check them off as you can get to them. If you want to whale watch in Alaska or maybe your bucket list idea is to eat your way through Italy, we have all sorts of terrific deals, discounts, and travel inspiration at aarpadvantages.com check out the travel section we have custom vacation package tours available. Now is also a great time to find last-minute cruise deals uh, across the world, a lot in the Caribbean right now. And, you know, you can even travel the United States or the rest of the world by train through vacations by rail. So there is something for everyone once you have set your budget and how long you're able to travel.
2: In setting that budget, Victoria, should you you have a little wiggle room. Let's say the budget is $5,000, okay? Should you really kind of set it maybe at 10 12% higher, knowing that once you get there, there are going to be unexpected expenses and trinkets and things and places you want to go and do?
22: I don't think I've ever met anyone who has spent less than their budget on a trip. So absolutely assume that you will spend more and you don't want to be watching every dollar. If you get into the local experience where you are and you find an interesting neighborhood with great finds and treasures that you want to bring home, you, you don't want to worry about that. So sometimes you want to pick and choose. You may say, I'm going to take a road trip here in the U.S and go vision go visit the south maybe visit nashville but i want to go to all the honky tonks i can and i'm going to splurge on great food and restaurants, and so those are the trade-offs you make. And you can find terrific deals to help you save money with hotels such as Hilton, Best Western, and Wyndham. We've got car rental deals, so we're doing our part to help you keep those expenses down at AARP.
2: As far as I'm concerned, I would be very happy just to see more of the United States that I haven't seen. I was fortunate when I was a youngster. My parents used to travel a lot by car, coast to coast and I would see a lot of things that you know you fly over these days but you know there's so many things in this country alone that are fantastic that I think people are kind of wrapped up in saying you know I'm going to eat my way through Italy and I'm Italian and that's what you know my family wants to do or go to England or go to China or go to Dubai I mean all beautiful places but we have beautiful places too what actually in surveys that you may have taken with AARP are some of the places in the United States that are desirable?
22: Well, we we always find our members and it's such a great, especially when you're coming into the spring and summertime, the kids, maybe the grandkids are out of school, is to hit the road and visit the national parks. They're, they're really some of the most spectacular things you can see. And actually, members save discounts at concession and gift shops with Zanterra. So we're going to find you savings everywhere we can. But I think the road, just great road trips, California with our members, California and Florida at the, are at the top of the most visited destinations along with Las Vegas. Again, I love. Of the Low Country. I think that's some place that not a lot of people have seen. Go visit Savannah, South Carolina, and. Florida. Again, the beach is there. You can't go wrong. We have people coming all over the world just to visit visit our beaches here in the state. So I completely agree with you, Ron. There's so much to see here, and we're going to help you with savings along the way.
2: Sadly, to go see Utah or North Dakota. Nobody goes to North Dakota.
22: <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> Nobody gets up in the morning and says, you know, I'm going to go to Universal Studios, Disney, or maybe Utah, you know. I, it, how old do you have to be to be a member of AARP?
22: So AARP is available for membership to Americans 50 years old and older. See, you know,
2: there's a misnomer there, okay, and I thought it was actually 55. People say, well, I'll join AARP, you're over to Hill. That is not the case. I mean, 50 is young, really, especially when you're older. But I think there is a stigma about that that shouldn't be there because 50 is young.
22: 50 is young, and uh, about a third of our members are still working. I mean, people are working longer and longer, and we're here really to help them live their best life and recognize savings and ways to do that. And travel is the top aspiration activity of our members. So we hear it time and time again. I can stay young, vibrant, enjoy my life, and live my best life through travel. So that's why we're so excited about all of these terrific offers and recommendations for your listeners.
2: Where can we go, Victoria, to get all the information that we're talking about and become a member, take advantage of your experience not only in travel here in the United States but around the world? We were talking earlier about All the great things to see in the States, but, you know, we can't discount that there are marvelous places, historical places all around the globe.
22: Everything we talked about is available at aarpadvantages.com. Check out the travel section. If you are a member, everything you see there is available to members. Anybody can come visit the site. One thing I like is if listeners are not 50 years old or members, they can certainly find some great multi-generational ideas to recommend to their parents or grandparents, and you can take a trip together. The parents may have to pay, but they're going to get some great savings with <laughs> aarpadvantages.com.
2: That's the best way anyway. You know, if you can get your parents to pay, you're in a high corn, you know what I'm saying?
22: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Victor- they're saving money.
2: Yeah, and they're saving money. That's most important. Well, Victoria, thank you so much for joining us. We'll look forward to having you back later in the year to talk about other ideas for travel in the fall and winter, okay?
22: Thank you, Ron.
2: Thank you so much. Our guest has been the Vice President for Life Style products and services at AARP. You only have to be 50 years old to be part of it. And there's more to come with Ron Sedgi today.
9: As a mother, you don't want to have to worry about this bill is coming, but then she needs this chemo. That's a decision you shouldn't have to make.
10: It's a huge burden lifted financially. And so it allows you to give singular focus to your child. I've never known a hospital that takes care of their patients so thoroughly. That was the first thing I was like, how are we going to do this?
11: When they told us that we didn't have to pay a single bill, I was like, wow, they pretty much have saved us.
12: It's like the world has been lifted off of your shoulders, and now your focus is supporting this child.
9: There is not another hospital like St. Jude. The patient care is unmatchable. It saved my life. It saved my daughter's life. It saved our family.
13: St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more
14: at stjude.org. It's pretty amazing when you consider that seven years ago, we didn't have the treatments we have now. We cure 80% of children with cancer. Go back 50 years, we were curing 20 to 30%. This is the miracle story of modern medicine. We understand what makes this cancer tick. And of course, without donors from around the world, this just couldn't happen. There's one thing we're focused on, that's beating this thing. St. Jude
13: Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org.
15: Time is the one thing that we want more of. Without the donors, I wouldn't have my Audrey. They take care of our housing, they take care of our food, in addition to the best medical treatment that my daughter could ever have. So it allows me to focus on my daughter. And getting her better.
13: St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures. Saving children. Learn more at stjude.org.
5: Hi, it's Angie with Daybreak USA. You know that I'm really into health. And if you are too and you care about what your kids are drinking, you'll want to hear about this Alexa Pure water pitcher. This gets rid of 99.9% of 92 contaminants found in tap water. You know the stuff that's really bad for you like lead, chromium-6, chlorine, pesticides, pharmaceutical drugs, and more. Go to waterwithangie.com or call 888-440-8150, 888-440-8150, or waterwithangie.com. And, you know, 33 states, a Harvard study shows 33 states have unsafe levels of harmful toxins in the drinking water. If you care about your health and the health of your kids, your spouse, uh, you should be outraged. And while the communities and states attempt to get their acts together to get us the clean water we need, there is this safe alternative now. My family uses it. The water tastes absolutely delicious. It's the Alexa Pure Pitcher, 888-440-8150 or waterwithangie.com.
2: We're going to wrap it all up today with Ron Segi, and want to thank you and our guests for being part of the past two hours our guests include actor Ernie Hudson from the last episode of Grimm Silas Mitchell and Bree Turner the amazing Preskin, Chrissy Metz and Justin Hartley from the NBC show This Is Us legendary ball player for the New York Yankees involved with four World Series with that great legendary team Bernie Williams, Sean Colon, the host of The Deed Chicago on CNBC and Victoria Borton. Well, we'll be looking for your company come next week when we're going to do it again live all across the USA and around the world with Ron Seggi today. Till then, I'm Ron Seggi, hoping you have blue skies and green lights.